this morning I am excited because we have an amazing guest speaker, um, Peter Pignon, a great friend of mine. He's a counselor, an amazing man of God. So please give him a big hand as he comes this morning. Hey guys, how you doing? It's good to be back. Um, I almost feel like a not guest speaker. And let me tell you why. I came to this church for a little over two years because the Lord called me to move over here and, and, and support what was going on here. So this is kind of like a homecoming for me. I'm excited to be back, to, to see so many new faces and to see so many longtime friends here. So thank you for the warm welcome. Thank you for hanging out. And I am a counselor. I do a lot of counseling. That's, and I'm also a dad. Um, I'm a husband. I'm a son. I mean, there's so many roles here. I try to be a friend. Um, and today I'm going to try and share some of my thoughts with you. But I wonder if you could give me some grace here. And I just want to be a person. I just want to be a person. And I, I'm not going to tr try and speak like I'm the expert and I know everything. I just want to share a little bit about what I'm learning. What I'm learning about life. Um, and then you can compare it to what you're learning, and, and I know God will speak to us because we're going to jump in this book. This is the Bible, all right? So let, let's, let's jump in. Well, as a father, one of the things that I've learned is that kids love stories. They love stories. My kids are four and then under. They're just all under there. There's, there's three of them, and they're awesome. And every night they say, Daddy, tell me a story. And I don't have a lot of inspiration, so I try and make stuff up. And I've been learning that... The eyes of my kids just, they just almost pop out of their face because they love stories. They love movies because of the stories. They love reading books because of the stories. And so I've started to ask myself, I'm like, man, did I love stories that much? And so I've been doing some digging and I recognize that, that I remember a time that I heard a story that, that it, it's been one of my favorite stories for a long time. So I wanted to share that with you. But I want you to understand that the building project, what we're doing over here with the next gen, that's significant because I want you to see how important those classes are. So on a Sunday kind of like today, I was in a class. that I wasn't in the big church. I was in what we called children's church. I was over there and I was sitting down on the floor because that's what we had. And I was sitting there just looking at the leader tell this story. And the story went like something like this. It was a farmer. And this farmer would go for a walk every morning. One morning, he decided to take a different path. He decided to walk by the cliff. And as he was walking, just seeing all the trees and the cliff that was there, he saw something in the distance. He ran over there, and he looked down and saw that it was a baby eagle. The eagle had a hurt wing. So he picked up the eagle and said, well, I'm a chicken farmer. Maybe I can help this eagle survive. So he takes the eagle home, starts to help him rehabilitate his wing. Eagle gets better, puts the eagle in the chicken coop, because that's what he is. He's a chicken farmer. That's what he knows how to do. He loved the eagle. He loved all of the rest of his animals. But you know what? The eagle started to grow. At first, the eagle was smaller than the chickens. Then this big eagle with a seven-foot-plus wingspan was in there with the chickens. The eagle started to get attention. People were saying, what? Why is this eagle in there with the chickens? And I mean, he moved like the chickens. I don't know how chickens move, but maybe, I don't know, maybe something like that. So he's just acting like a chicken. And the farmer doesn't even think much of it because it's like, that's my eagle. That's the eagle I found on that day. 
But people started to, to hear about it, and it was almost like a, a, a zoo because you, could, you couldn't get that close to eagles. But in there, you could stand right there and watch the eagle peck around and, and, and get worms out of the dirt like the chickens and, and eat the food. It started to grow in popularity. And one day, this eagle noticed something in the sky. Now, this is a kid's story, so time out here. Let me just let you know. In kids' stories, animals can talk, all right? I don't know how true this story is, but it could be a story of truth, okay? So the eagle says, what's that? And the chickens are like pecking around, and they go, that's an eagle. And the eagle says, what's, what, what, what's an eagle? He says, the eagle is the king of the sky, and we're the birds of the dirt. And the eagle's like, huh. Interesting. And goes on just about his business. One day, a zoologist comes after hearing about this eagle that thinks he's a chicken and comes and talks to the farmer and says, hey, can I just, can I just hang out for a few days? I just want to watch and see what this eagle's doing. The zoologist knew about eagles, but he never knew about an eagle that thought he was a chicken. So after a while, he says, I think your eagle can fly. I think that with some training, your eagle can be released and live like an eagle again. And the farmer says, no, I don't think so. He says, I've known that eagle for years. He thinks he's a chicken. That's where he's going to be. He says, but you could try. I'll give you a few days. So at first, the zoologist is just in there trying to befriend the eagle, trying to just get the eagle comfortable. After a few days, the zoologist gets comfortable enough to be able to pick the eagle up and pet the eagle. He takes him out and he throws him and there's this moment of awe where the eagle just goes and spreads his wings out and the farmer and the zoologist and the chickens, everything just stops and they see the eagle's wingspan and everybody just looks and then the eagle goes down and then starts acting like a chicken again. The farmer said, see, told you. The zoologist is very discouraged by now. And that night, the eagle is there with all the chickens. He's thinking, what was that? What was that? I've never done that before. I've, 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 never, I've never had my, my, my wings come out that much. Meanwhile, the zoologist is over here thinking, man, I don't know what to do. Tomorrow's my last day. The farmer only gave me so much time. I'm not sure what to do. So that morning, the zoologist gets up and he's determined. He goes and gets the eagle and tells the farmer, we're going to the nearest cliff. So they're there at the cliff. And the farmer is smart enough to say, well, what are you going to do? He says, well, just wait and see. Trust me. The farmer's like, I don't trust you. You're going to you're gonna, you're gonna kill my eagle. He says, no, trust me. And he grabs the eagle. And I don't think he counted three, but that's what I, I think about it. He's, he was kind of like something like this, probably not this quite this high, a little bit higher. But he holds the eagle. And he throws the eagle off the cliff. And the eagle, just like before, except he doesn't hit the ground. He starts flying and goes all the way down into the valley, lands in the farm. 
for that moment, that eagle felt something different. He knew that maybe for that moment, he was not a chicken. Maybe he was an eagle. And as I sat there in children's church, I remember thinking, I think I'm an eagle. I think I'm, I think I, I think that that's, I think I was meant, I think that that feeling that I was meant to feel that. But then I kept on going through life and and it seemed like life was just, maybe maybe you know this, life just kind of hurts you just like that eagle. You know, it's like you, some of you may feel like you fell off a cliff and it's like, you're just new to the world and all of a sudden you're down. You have hurt wings still. Some of you are in the chicken coop, and you still think you're a chicken. I'm hoping your mind changes after this conversation. And some of you are probably closer to that end where you have flown for the first time. Maybe you've flown many times, but you're still learning how to be an eagle. And that's the difference between the mind and the brain. Is the eagle had a healthy brain, but in his mind, his thoughts, he thought he was a chicken. Again, this is a story, so roll with me. It's a kid's story. But think about this. There are many things that you believe that are not necessarily true. Because a belief is that. It is something, it's an idea. It's something that we think is true. And then after a while, we think and feel that it's true. Because behind every behavior is a belief. Why was the eagle acting like a chicken? Because he believed that he was a chicken. And between every belief and behavior is an emotion. There's some lies that we believe because we feel that they are true. Just like me as a kid. I remember growing up and being bullied and being teased and being abused. And and, and writing these beliefs for my life that told me that I was something different than what God had designed for me to be. And there's a difference because, you know what happens sometimes is we do something wrong and we feel guilty. But when you're mistreated to a certain level, when people do something wrong to you, you can start to feel shame. And after being abused and after being traumatized, I didn't just feel like I had done bad, I felt like I was bad. And that's where identity comes in. It's almost as if I had trash, worthless, written on my name tag. But yet, I was still who God made me to be. But I didn't see myself that way. Those are the problems we can have in our mind. We can have these beliefs that are set there and live that way. Our behavior is following our beliefs. And we're feeling that way. But I want to tell you today that God wants to change the way that you see yourself. He wants to take you in that process. Wherever you are in the process of knowing Jesus and serving God, even if you don't know him, there's something that's going to change today. I'm saying that by faith. And where change comes is this book. So if you would take this book out, if you have a different version, if you have your own Bible, take it out right now. We're going to look, because you don't have to believe me. You can believe the word of God. We're going to be in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. So this is a book that Paul wrote to the Romans. These were the people that lived in Rome 
that they, they were Christians and they were trying to learn what it was all about. Paul talks to them about salvation, about what it means to accept that gift from God. Paul talks to them about what it is to be justified before God. Justified means that it's just as if we had not sinned. We live off of Jesus' righteousness, off of what he did and who he was, and now we can start to see ourselves through Christ. We don't have to live by the labels anymore of what the world may put on us, worthless, unlovable, not good enough, but we can take those labels off and live as God designed us to live. And that's where this verse hits. It starts right there after Paul has already said, there's no condemnation for you. You don't have to condemn yourself. You don't have to live in guilt and shame, but you can be transformed. So let's look at this. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, therefore, in light of everything that I just said, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We have to surrender to God first. If you're going to transform your mind, if you're going to change the way that you think, the way that you see yourself, other people, and God in this world, you have to surrender to God. That's why some of you, it may be new for you to see people with their arms like this. This is because we're surrendering to God in worship to be able to say, God, here I am, even if I don't feel like it, even if I don't feel like worshiping, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, God, you deserve it. You are good. You're powerful. You're greater than me. Even if I don't believe how great you say I am, I'm going to, I'm going to believe that, that I'm going to, I'm going to learn that over time to see myself through your eyes. And worship is just such a powerful thing. And that's where, I think that's the context. When we, when we come to God, and not just music, but in those times of saying, God, you are great. You're the creator. I'm just a creation. You are stronger than me. I don't understand every part of you, but I'm trying my best. And this is the context that I believe transformation happens. So how does transformation happen after surrendering? Well, verse 2 gives us a little bit about that. It says, do not be conformed to this world. That word formed is right in there. Don't conform. Don't, don't try and stuff your beliefs into the patterns, into the way that this world has told you to see yourself. This world has, has metrics. It has standards. This world will tell you what it thinks of you. And some of those things are so contrary to what God has clearly said about you. It's not about how much money you make. It's not about what you drive. It's not about how popular you are. It's not even about what trauma or abuse has happened to you. Because God still loves you. People could have bullied you and said lies about you, but that's just what they were. And you know what? Some of us had people put labels on us, and it is our power to take them off. We can. That's the power of the mind. Maybe you can't stop a thought from popping up, but you can decide what to do with it. So to renew your mind, you got to choose thoughts that line up with God's truth. And that's why we're trying to learn as much. Every Sunday, every day I try to open this up and have God's truth pop up in my brain, pop up in my mind so that I can start to learn more and more about what his truth is because this world is trying to tell me who I am. 
in my hood, it was driving a nice car with these big rims and awesome sound systems. That's what was cool. That, and, 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 having, and having girls chase you. I mean, that, when I was in high school, that was, the, that was what was big. And I didn't have any of that. So I felt like nothing. But here it's saying, don't conform. The world's going to give you their opinion, but always go for God's. Don't conform, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So you can choose. You have the ability to choose. And you might say, Peter, you don't know what thoughts pop up into my head and how dark they are and how they make me feel. And I don't know exactly what thoughts you have, but I know what thoughts I have. And I know what thoughts I struggle with. I, kn I know what that's like to have thoughts that you struggle with. But the difference is, is that as a Christian, I am struggling with them. I'm not living in them. And I think of it kind of like if your power goes out in your house and then you just stay in the dark. That's how it was before for me. It's like the light would go dark and I, a thought would pop up and I would just stay there. But now the light goes dark. I have some rough days. Sometimes I feel like I'm not a very good father or husband or counselor. I'm scared right now that you're going to think negative thoughts about me because I might not be the best preacher because this is not what I do. I'm usually sitting down, having intimate conversations with people. And after hearing that eagle story as a kid, years later, I'm, I'm there sitting on the floor again in my room. And I'm thinking about how to kill myself because of all of the all of the things that had happened in my life and the conclusions that I had come about myself. People had told me all kinds of things about myself. I had dyslexia, so I couldn't read very well. I couldn't get a girlfriend. I was horrible at sports. These are big things in our culture. I don't know if you know, but for a dude growing up, especially in the Mexican hood, those are important things. You are not cool if, if you can't read? So I felt worthless. I was never worthless for a moment, but I felt that way. I was always loved by God, but I felt unlovable. Trying to think about how to do it so that my parents wouldn't have to deal with it. I heard something pop up and pierce the darkness. It was like being in a dark room, and then all of a sudden, somebody lit a candle. It was small, but it lit up the whole room because I had lived in darkness for so long. I thought all those lies were truth. I was so confused. And when that happened, the words were, I love you. And I'd been in church long enough to know that God could speak to your mind. And so I just spoke right back at it. And I said, no, you don't. You love all those Christian people that do everything right. I'm, so, I'm hurting so much, I've made bad decisions. I was so full of guilt and shame. I had done things wrong. God had a standard and I wasn't living by it. But after the abuse and some of the trauma, I had concluded again that I was bad. I was trash. I was worthless. Some of the horrible things, that, the most horrible things that you could ever think about, that's what I was telling myself. And in the midst of that, I love you came across my thought stream. 
And I wish that all of us could have had a moment like that because I think it's very important. But if it hasn't happened for you that way, it's happening right now. God is saying, I love you. And God told me that if I surrendered my life to him, that he would show me what he could do with a completely surrendered life. He said, you're, try, you, you're thinking about killing yourself. Might as well just surrender to me and give me everything. And it sounded like a good deal. It sounded like a good opportunity. I said, well, you know what? I'm just not going to care. Because, I mean, I could have been dead by now. So I started to feel the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control start to live inside of me. And I wish I could tell you that everything's been easy since that point. But as a 32-year-old man, almost 20 years later, the thoughts still pop up. They're those thoughts that would sound something like, you're still an eagle. I mean, you're still a chicken. You're not an eagle. You can't really fly. Look how awkward you look. Look at, look at the way that, that, that you, you're standing there. But now I'm lighting my own candles. I'm going to God's word because God's truth is powerful. And God's truth will always lead you to what? God's will. God's will. What does he want? He wants us to know that we are loved. There's a moment in scripture where Jesus is about to start his ministry in Matthew chapter 3. And Jesus has one of these soaring moments, at least from my standards. And he gets baptized. And as he comes out of the water, John the Baptist brings him out. And the, the, the story says that the heavens opened up and light shined down. And there was, there was this, this, uh, this dove that came down. And the words, the audible words were spoken of, this is my beloved son. With him, I'm pleased. I'm pleased with him because of what he's doing. That's my will. That's a little bit of the Peter version there. And what I want you to see is that that was an amazing moment. I, I believe that, that after that, Jesus is coming out wet, and he's thinking, oh, like he's just, that feels like this. And in chapter 4 in Matthew, it says, then Jesus was led into the desert to fast for 40 days. Jesus had not done a miracle yet, debatable, but he hadn't done a lot of them for sure, maybe one. But God is saying, I love you because you're my son, and I'm pleased with you because you're, you're trying to get close to me. You want to have a relationship with me. And the first words out of Satan's mouth in that story of temptation, Satan says, if you really are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Why didn't he challenge the love? Why didn't he challenge that God was pleased? Because everything hinges on who you think you are. There's a difference between being created in God's image and then having a human identity. You were created in God's image. And when you recognize that, because identity is, everyone can have a different identity. You, you decide what it is. But I'm choosing to believe that I was made in his image And I'm God's son. And Jesus had to do the same thing. He didn't have a special power. He did it on his own with human power. And, and he resisted that temptation. And you know what he said? He said, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. There were two other temptations, and Jesus did the same thing. I'm telling you, 
You have to combat lies with God's truth. That's, that is the best technique I could ever show you. Every time one of those dark thoughts pops up, you have to come at it with truth because it's the light. It's the light that shines in the darkness. Even if you don't feel it, even if you don't feel like you're lovable right now, even if you don't feel like you have value, that's beside the point. That's because somebody did something or you did something or something happened somewhere that led you to believe something that is not true. And now you're living like it. You're living like it, so it's like, how can I do that if I'm living like that? God's coming after you. He knows what you're capable of. You were designed to live in a loving relationship with your heavenly Father, your Creator, and to live in a loving relationship with the body of Christ. That's what we call, that's what we call the people that are here. We're all in that journey somewhere. Like I said, some of you today are those eagles. You feel like you fell out of the nest and you're introduced to this painful world. But I'll tell you, God doesn't miss a beat. He's seen you. He's provided along the way to get you healed to the point that you could get to soar again. There is, there is a God who's not confused. I'm confused sometimes about who I am, but God's not. And some of you are living in the chicken coop and when I do this, there's something inside of you that just gets really excited or it activates something that's very sad because you wish you could soar like that. You wish you could have that. And I want to tell you that God is here for you today. There's steps you can take to renewing your mind, but you have to surrender to him.